it's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who will win. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds. And tonight, we're going to give you our Illinois preview for the 2023 season. Now, Chris, Brett Bielema's was the new coach there in Illinois mm-hmm. the last couple seasons, and he has changed the culture around uh, at that program. It is no longer... Uh, the Lovey Smith laughing stock of the Big Ten. It is not the doormat of the Big Ten anymore. Illinois is a tough out. And if you need any evidence of that, just ask the last year's Big Ten champion, the uh, team up north, who should have all, in all purposes, lost that game last year against Illinois at home. Mind yeah, you. the refs so. gave them a favor in that, or did them a favor in that one. So Brett Bielema has got a culture of toughness. They've got some guys that have gone to the pros. He's developed some good talent. Um, They're recruiting a little bit better than they did before. And he's hit the transfer portal very well. And I think all of that combined is got Illinois to where they are fighting for bowl eligibility year in and year out. And they've, they've turned that program around a little bit, Chris. So let's dive into last season a little bit, histo- a little bit of history. We got a special guest, Sonny from the Illini cast, going to talk Illinois football with us. And then we get our predictions for the upcoming season. So let's dive right in. So last year, Chris, uh, the Illini went 8-5 uh, and five overall. Five and four in the Big Ten, and this is this is <laughs> coming off of a season where uh, Vegas said they were a four and a half win team. We both said, ah, well they'll probably be at least five and seven. I didn't put money on them. I wasn't going to be that bold, but I thought that they could get to at least five wins. Chris, they did much better than that, man. They were yeah. eight and four during the regular season, five and four in the Big Ten. And uh, went bowling last year, lost to Mississippi State in the bowl game in a game they should have won. But my gosh, you, you're going up against a team who just lost their head coach and had all that uh, 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 Mike Leach yeah. and all that emotion with it and everything and still gave them one heck of a game. But uh, Illinois had a really good season last year. Uh, again, we, we talked about it in the Indiana preview. They do not lose to Indiana. They probably are going to win the West. 
and they lost to Michigan State. Two teams last year that had that had atrocious seasons. And well, and, and they were right there with Purdue. Yeah. They were and, and 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 that team up north, they were very, very close to being, believe it or not, a 12 and 0 football team. Yes. I mean, it, it's it's crazy to think about that. But if you look at their losses, all four of those losses that you see there on your screen were tight football games that they were in on and they could have won. Uh historically. This will be Brett Bielema's third season there in Champaign, Illinois. They play at Memorial Stadium, a capacity of 60,670. Their all-time record is 621. Is that 616 and 50 for a 502 winning percentage? They're 8 and 11 in bowl games, and they've won 15 conference titles over the year, Chris. So that's kind of the historical look and and how they did last year. I would like to point out that they beat Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin three straight weeks in a row. Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, back to back to back. That is impressive. That is an impressive feat by Illinois. So this, if they can take that momentum from last year and ride it into this year, this is a dangerous football team. So let's bring in Sonny from the Illini cast, get his impression, see what he thinks. And welcome back to the OHIO podcast. And as you can see, we are joined by Sonny. He is the host from the Illini cast on the Big Banter Network. Sonny, thanks for joining us and uh, appreciate you coming on the OHIO podcast and talking about your team, the uh, Fighting Illini, my man. I appreciate your time, uh, Eric and Chris. It was a it was a privilege. I've been enjoying the previous team preview, so I couldn't wait to get on myself. Oh, awesome! Thank you so much, man. So let's just start here, Sonny. Um, we, you know, Illinois is interesting. You guys got a, you, you know, you got big Brett Bielema to show up, and it seems like things have really changed for the Illini. So, what is the floor and ceiling for the Illinois football team in twenty twenty three? You know, this is one of those seasons for Illinois that you could always easily tell the floor. Or you, I'm sorry, you could always easily know the ceiling, but you just knew what the floor was. Uh, in our case this year, our over-under for Vegas is six and a half. I don't think it's been that high in 15 years, at least since our Rose Bowl season. Um, at our best, uh, you know, we can hit, again, this is just me talking. I think we can realistically hit 10 and 2. Uh, if you look at our schedule, it's not that bad. We avoid Michigan. We avoid Ohio State. We have Penn State, but we have them at home, and it's relatively early in the season. So, you know, if their young quarterback hasn't adapted yet, and then I think it's the first big noon game on Fox. So who knows? You know, it, it could be an experience that uh, he's not able to overcome. Um, we have Toledo, Kansas, you know, uh, to open up the season. But that could be a bad thing, too. So here, this is where I come in with the floor. Toledo, you think a MAC team should be an easy run over, but they won the MAC last year. Then you have mm -hmm. Kansas, who a couple of years ago when you scheduled them, you're super excited about. Now Lance seems to have turned that program around, and yeah. it's in Lawrence. So you know, and you know, we have, we're bringing in a young transfer quarterback. Uh, we lose our stud running back, so you know, the floor I can realistically, and again, I can't believe I'm saying this because this used to be our ceiling before, but I can say probably like four wins is our floor. Okay. No, that that's that's fair. Fair enough. Chris, next question, man. Okay, so you've given us the four and the ceiling. 
Sonny, what are your expectations for the season personally? Now, this answer is funny because if you had asked me this during the Lovey era, uh, I don't know if you're gambling folks. I, I gamble a little too much, uh, more than bit. I should. I, I would be taking the unders constantly. Okay, I if our over-under was three and a half, I would be slamming the under. I preface that just by – I say that because now I'm over the moon. I love what Brett's doing here. I think six and a half – last year was four and a half. I told everyone to slam the over. This year it's six and a half. I feel very confident that we're going to hit about eight wins this year, uh, barring injury. But, you know, that you take into account regardless of a bet. Um, Brett has me excited. You know, I, I trust his coaching staff. I trust everything um, he's been saying. I the, the pictures, the workouts, uh, just the belief in the team. It's, you know, he, I'm swallowing the blue and orange Gatorade. Nice. Yeah, Sonny. So, so you know, if, if this team is eight and four, what would be the strengths of this team that the opponents would need to know about? And then what would be some of the weaknesses that you're afraid of that might opponents might exploit? Well, it starts with the line on both sides. Uh, I would argue we have possibly the best defensive line in the conference. Uh, we've got them, yeah. who I think is going to be the number one uh, uh, defensive tackle drafted in 2024, Jerry Newton. Uh, we have a sidekick, uh, Keith Randolph, um, and we have younger guys who the SEC supposedly try to poach from us, but, you know, who are staying and uh, staying with the grind and believe in breath. Um, our offensive line also, same thing. You know, we are a little weak at center, but otherwise we have at least two uh, potential NFL players there. Um, that's where it's going to start. And, you know, it also – we have a new running back, uh, but – Brett Bielema teams always seem to have 1,000-yard rushers, so I'm not too worried about that. I think we'll figure it out, especially behind the massive offensive line that we have. Uh, if teams are going to try to take advantage of us, it's going to be tricky and uh, you know interesting to watch in the first game, or I'm sorry, in the second game when we play Kansas, because they got a high-powered offense. Everyone's going to attack our secondary. They're young. Um, one of the cornerbacks is going to either be a freshman or a transfer in. Uh, well, obviously, we lost three players to the NFL this year. We lost our defensive coordinator. Um, our cornerbacks coach, who I'm a huge fan of, uh, Aaron Henry, he's become our defensive coordinator. So, again, maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but I believe in the guy. Um, but I also understand that at the beginning of the season, that's what they're going to attack. They're going to test the young guys, uh, you know, throw it at them, and make them prove that they belong in the field. Follow-up question to that real fast, Chris. I'll let you take the next one. I'm a Bengals fan. We drafted Chase Brown. What are we getting, man? Grinder. Yeah. Grinder. Um, I don't exactly like the way – I think we relied too much on him last year. Okay. Like, I think we could have used him as a decoy a little bit more. He's not a fast guy. He's not a fast guy. But he can get to the second and third level. And I, I think he's your next starting running back. Awesome. We need one. Ours got in trouble with the law again. So <laughs> we got the we got the Bengals got the passing thing down. It's the run game that we need a little help. Mm -hmm. Now that man over there, he's a Browns fan, so uh, that's all they do over there is run the football. So uh, well, when you, you got one of the I was say when you got yeah. one of the top backs in the league, that's what you do. Yeah, you should. So, Sonny, I got to ask you. You talked about drinking the Kool Aid. How has Brett Bielema changed the culture at Illinois? He makes me proud to wear this hat out in public. 
Um, <laughs> you know, I wasn't exactly excited with the hire at first. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, like, he was probably my third option. But that's just because I didn't really research too much about, uh, about him. Um, Lovey, when he was let go, there was a prominent high school uh, coach in Illinois who had said that Lovey hadn't visited campus in three years. Mm. We had maybe one Illinois, like from a uh, commit from the state of Illinois for the past couple of years. We just were ignoring the state entirely. And there's just no way you can do that as a smaller program like Illinois. Brett came in. I think he made like 800 phone calls in his first week to all the local uh, high schoolers, and he constantly sends his assistants out. Um, we're all excited. We're we're at the point now where, again, I can't believe I said the floor of this team is four wins. When before, if we hit four, you know, I'd be high five in my group chats and uh, all that. But you know, I, some people don't like him because, you know, especially on Twitter now, he's kind of adjusting. He likes to go at the big game boomers and, you know, he'll retweet the lists that list uh, Illinois people and, you know, talk down on the list that ignore Illinois people. But I, I think he, he you kind of have to do that at a program like Illinois because we've been so used to being the program that people step over that, you know, he's kind of we're all kind of, you know, falling back behind him because he's kind of sticking up for us. And it's nice because, again, he's just kind of making being an Illinois fan seemed kind of cool. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. Because when you, when you have a coach who feels like he's a part of your fan base, then you instantly gravitate towards him and want to defend him. Um, as opposed to maybe, you know, that's kind of, you know, urban Meyer did that. He, he walked in mm -hmm. and immediately spoke our language. We're going to hate that team up North. We're not even going to mention their name. You know, it's all about beating them for 365 days out of the year. And even though, you know, Urban does, Urban has his demons, let's be honest, uh, some even consider him, you know, dumpster juice. <laughs> we, def we defend the dude because he spoke our language. He felt like one of us. And Ryan Day struggles with that a little bit, to be honest with you. Uh, he has more of an NFL persona. You know, and in the NFL, if you lose a game, it's no big deal. Well, it's not like that in college, so at least not around Columbus, Ohio. Do you think, do you think that's a potential future for him, though, the NFL? you think oh, he eventually he might just get tired of the expectations and just jump? I, he's, I think he's an yeah. NFL guy. Yeah, I do. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, Eric, if he, doesn't, if he doesn't beat that team up north this year, I'm buying him the bus ticket. I'll ship him out myself. There, There's a rumor floating around that Kansas City will be his next job that – Mm, Andy retires. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that'd yeah. be the perfect fit for him, honestly. It, it right, really got would. That quarterback. It yeah. really would. Yeah. A little worried about that, but anyways, that's that's a different podcast. But <laughs> what is this podcast is the fact that Ohio State and Illinois are supposed to be rivals. Now, I don't know if you feel that way, but we. Eh, I mean, I'll tell you the, what. I do feel Illabuck, that way, but. The Illabuck is a terrible trophy, man. It's a wonderful, cute-looking trophy. Oh, um, I'll terrible. tell you why. It's a rivalry in my house. My okay. wife is a Buckeye. Uh-oh. So she got her degree from the, the the University of Ohio State. So, you know, let's just say, you know, during the lovey years, kind of, I don't hate you guys. I really don't. Like, I would have the Ohio State game on the big TV, you know, and watching the Illinois game on the side TV. So, I mean, I get it. You know, we were supposed to, like, from some of the first uh, previews I saw of, like, uh, 
how they're going to set up the pods, you know, for, for the new conferences. Mm-hmm. I saw us linked up with you guys. And I think it was just kind of forcing the whole Illibuck trophy. Um, it would have been awful for me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can totally – you have so many rivalries. The, the bottom line is Illinois really doesn't have a rival. I mean, it's Northwestern, but not many people follow Northwestern. So, you know, right. it's like – it's kind of – it's a city – like, I live right outside right. Chicago. Um, we're trying to come up with a rivalry. You know, we're no one's biggest rival except for Northwestern. We hate Iowa. Iowa doesn't care about us. Like we weren't in the top three uh, rivals that they had, you know, that they signed up for uh, in their locked in games. So for us, uh, yeah, the Illibuck trophy is probably forced, but we're just kind of alone here anyway. So for me, I'm just going to enjoy whatever we have. I I will (laughs) say this though, you know, I don't put them up there as a rival, like a team up North, like a Penn state, but you know what? Juice Williams will always still have me hating Illinois just a little bit. Yes, sir. Yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, he was a baller, yeah, man. He was fun. We have a. It's funny we have another Isaiah Williams now, who uh, you know is one of our. Who is, is our top receiver? So you know, it's we've actually had three prominent Isaiah Williamses uh, play for <laughs> Illinois, which is it's just funny. For I don't know how coincidental that is. Yeah. So. Are you looking forward to the elimination of the divisions? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that's why last season's collapse hurt so much. You know, being seven and one, uh, getting fumbling away that opportunity to uh, get to the Pick Ten championship game. It could have been huge for recruiting. Um, That's why this year is so important. You know, as I was kind of referencing earlier, our schedule is. It's, it's tough, but it's not impossible. There's no game that I look at our schedule that I'm like, okay, we're 100% going to lose. But then you look at our schedule next year. I think we put, I think we play Michigan. We might play you guys. I know we play USC. So you're talking about, you know, basically that's going to happen from every year on at this point. And without the divisions, you know, I'm a realist. You know, if our program ceiling is, you know, eight, nine with the occasional, you know, 10 game uh, season, we might be able to sneak in to, you know, if once a co- uh, college football expands to 12, we might be able to sneak in with a great season, you know, as one of the later seeds. But realistically, at this point now, um, we're probably not going to be able to be going to any Big Ten championship games um, for the foreseeable future. So that's why this season is huge for us uh, as a fan base. I think a lot of the Western Division teams probably feel the same way you do. Yeah, yeah. I the, bet. The, the, east, the east is pretty tough when you've got you know ohio state you know you got michigan you've got penn state uh right. you know and and now in the west you know you do have wisconsin in there and and you know illinois is up and coming but they're gonna have a long way to go to get you know a big 10 title yeah uh, well i i think we can sneak one in this year or sorry yeah. we can make the the championship, championship this year, year but yeah winning i maybe when my Maybe my son will see it in his lifetime, and he's two. So <laughs> I don't know, man. Don't don't sell yourself short. You had that team up north beat. on the ropes. Yeah, you had them beat, man. And then, we had them and, beat. And then they came right down into our house the very next week and put a butt whooping on us. <sighs> so I mean, you had them there. So you've got some horses and i tell you when and chris and i when we're doing these previews and we've been breaking down the position groups 
in the Big Ten and doing our top ten rankings. And, you know, Ohio State's got a lot of depth on the defensive line. And they've got a lot of guys who hopefully will will uh, uh, fill those shoes that they're, you know, are expected to fill as five-star recruits and things. But your defensive line is stacked, yeah. dude. you got studs it is on that stacked. defensive line. Yeah. And that we have two that guys can, who I think can go in the first round. Yeah, that can win you a lot of football games, right there. One hundred. I mean, yeah. your, your defensive tackle may not be the best in the Big Ten. He may be the best in the nation. Right. I mean, I uh, big banter had a tweet earlier uh, doing a player spotlight on Newton, and I again, you know, my I said first DT draft in twenty twenty four. Lock it in now. <laughs> um, but at the same time, if he gets hurt. Again, we still have good linemen, but no one at his caliber. Like, it, it's right. going to be an adjustment because, again, you know, yeah, we have uh, an excellent coaching staff who's coached up our players, but we don't have the depth that someone like you you guys have. You have four or five stars, you know, on your bench. We don't. We're You know, Brett has only recruited three cycles right now. And Lovey, as I told you earlier, he kind of quit recruiting uh, by the time he knew his time was done. So, you know, you're right. Absolutely. Trust me, that mission. I have one of my – Friends is uh, a fan of that team up north, as you guys like to refer to. And we watched that game together, and he refused to make eye contact with me with some of the calls right before that field goal. And, you know, I, I think Brett shares my disdain for that call. I don't know if you recall uh, seeing the tweet from him. That, that yeah. was the worst officiated game in the Big Ten last season. Phone call came in. Uh, Illinois was not going to ruin the big game. Mm. You sound like my dad. He, my dad tries to tell me that every game is fixed. Now. I, you you like, know what? I, I don't agree with that on every game, but last year I felt very much that same way watching that Illinois Michigan game. Uh, Georgia Ohio yeah. State felt a little weird at the end too. There. Yeah, a little bit. Oh shoot! But hey, you know you live just outside of Chicago. Last question, Sonny. We appreciate you having on. You live just outside of Chicago. You're an Illinois fan, as you said. You kind of have uh, Northwestern is supposed to be your big rival. Man, the news that came out of Northwestern, dude. Pat Fitzgerald. I thought he was Northwestern football. He was the perfect coach for them. And these allegations are just wild. What is what's it like up there? Number one, since you're so close to Chicago, what's it feel? What's it like up there with this? And number two, as an Illinois fan, how do you respond? I mean, I'll answer as an Illinois fan first. Okay. Um, asked me a couple of years ago, and I would have been elated. Not at the reason he got let go, but Fitz was such Fitz and Northwestern are you know just so perfect for each other. Mm-hmm. They they were beating our brains in with recruiting. They were you know winning Big Ten West uh, titles basically every other year or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, but things had kind of turned around once we got Brett into tow. Like I think we were putting up forty spots on them every because they're a rivalry game at the end of the season. We've been beating them pretty handedly. So I was kind of secretly you know not minding uh, our beat, beating down on Northwestern, but. Outside Chicago, I think everyone's just confused, even now, because this happened just a couple weeks ago. And if you were to give a list of every coach in D1, uh, you know, coaching football, and say who would be the most likely to be fired for X reason, I don't think Fitz would be anything but the last person you'd uh, imagine. I know. I that know. happened. I, I don't, I can't really comment on what happened because, you know, I guess. We'll see, you know, once some actual uh, like lawsuits are, you know, thrown out there or some charges made, because then you can kind of really see 
what truly happened. Um, you know, it's you, we hear stuff, you know, from former players now, and you, you just don't know. I, I'm not saying it did or didn't happen, but, you know, of course, there could be vendettas or this, it could be worse than we thought. So it's one of those where I think right now, Northwestern media, who pretty much run the state, um, a lot of it, a lot of them are embarrassed. Um, it was actually the Northwestern student newspaper that basically outed the entire program. And basically the professionals almost had no choice but to follow up on the same stories that the, the kids broke. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, I love, you know, there are locked in rival along with Purdue and, you know, I like it when Northwestern is down, but not for this reason, you know, I, I would have loved to have Brett and, you know, Pat just go at it for the next couple of years, you know, and just prove on the field that, you know, we were the most superior program to have this kind of dark spot. You know, it's just, it's, it doesn't feel right. That's a good answer, man. Yeah, I think confusion is probably the best term to describe things right now. It is very, feels very confusing on the outside. And if you're saying they're feeling confusing on the inside, then I think that that, that, that also gets you to question some things, you know, like what is the motivation here? What is true? What is not? What's exaggerated? Does he have a point in his, in his lawsuit? This is a story that's going to, it's going to, it's got some legs it's going to go and, on a while. This thing and, is not done anytime soon. And, and sadly, like we talked about, uh, we, we actually talked about this a little bit last week. Yeah. But sadly, uh, as we spoke about, this may be something we never know because I think the university goes out of their way to keep this from going to trial. They're going to pay Fitzgerald his contract so that there's nothing there to argue about. We're never yeah, going to know. They're a, they're a private university, so nothing has to be disclosed. Uh, unless there is an actual arrests made somewhere along the way, this this is going to be just buried and forgotten about eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you know they had the same issue with you know something similar with their baseball team. So that whole athletic department's just trying to you know clean out some fires uh, over there. So I wish them luck, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sonny from the Illini cast. Buddy, thank you so much for joining us and previewing uh, uh, the Fighting Illini 2023 football team with us, man. I appreciate your time, guys. Uh, ILL. There you go. Hey, where, where can people find your podcast? Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, at Illini cast. Um, we haven't released our first uh, episode yet, but we're planning on doing it for the Big Ten Media Days. Cool. Um, and if there's any breaking news for the Illinois program, hopefully nothing like what happened at Northwestern. But uh, me and <laughs> right. my co-host Austin will uh, we'll, we'll try to start throwing out podcasts out there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Look them up on Twitter if you have them. Uh, they will be dropping those podcasts on Big Banter uh, very, very soon. Looking forward to collaborating with you uh, in the next uh, for the season and next few years, Sonny. Thank you so much, my man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. We'd like to thank Sonny from the Illini cast for joining us here, uh, Chris. Just another great guy uh, here yeah. at Big Banter and another another young podcaster getting into it for the first time. Going to do great, I think. The Illini cast is something that I, you definitely want to keep your eye on. Uh, I think these guys are going to do a great job in the podcasting world uh, with that podcast, Chris. So let's dive into their lineup, shall we? Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at what they've got offensively and defensively for this year. Let's start with the offense first. Out is Chase Brown at running back. Of course, we talked about him with Sonny. 
he went to my Cincinnati Bengals to add some depth to the running game there for them. In at quarterback is transfer Luke Altmeyer, a redshirt sophomore. Reggie Love the third takes over for Brown. He did see some time last year as a redshirt sophomore. The offensive line uh, has got some some youth to it, but they do have a couple seniors in Julian Pearl and Isaiah Adams, and then here comes the underclassmen: Josh Krutz, Zai Chrysler, and Josh Geske. At tight end, you got one of the better names, Tip Raymond. Uh, I love Tip. That's a great name, Tip. Red Shirt Jr. And then at wide receiver, Casey Washington, who's a senior. Isaiah Williams, there's that name, Red Shirt Jr. They've had a several Isaiah Williams, as Sonny's pointed, pointed out to us. And Pat Bryant at junior, as a junior wide receiver. Chris, what are your thoughts about this offense that Brett is bringing to the table this year for the Fighting Illini? Well, I think they're going to have to be very run heavy um, given the young transfer quarterback, given the fact that you've got a new running back, given the fact that you do have some youth on that offensive line. I I look at them, they're not prolific in the way that Ohio State is prolific. However, they're going to experience some of the same issues uh, given the youth of the line and the new starting quarterback. Uh, and I think when that happens, you've got to – you know, lean on toughness and on the running game. Uh, and I think Brett Bielham is a guy that can actually get his guys to do that. Um, they do have, I think, a great wide receiver in Isaiah Williams who's got a lot of potential. Again, not uh, you, you can't mirror them to Ohio State given the difference in the talent. But I think we're going to see a lot of similarities in maybe the the makeup of how they have to run their offense. Um, I would de- I would describe their offense as solid. It's solid. This to me, I feel like Brett Bielema will will get them moving in the right direction. That they don't make many mistakes, and that's going to be a key. Learning to sustain drives and being successful on third down is going to be the learning curve for this team. Yeah, this they're game. not going to go out there and score on twenty five second drives. They're just no. not. What they need to do is run seven, eight, nine minute drives keep the ball out of the hands of the opposing offense. Uh, we're going to talk about their defense here in a second, which has some really great talent on it. Um, and, you know, they're going to depend heavily on Isaiah Williams and, and Tip Ryman in the passing game, I think. Um, and, and you're right, Tip. Is that not a great name, especially for somebody who's catching the ball? Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I, I think they're solid. I think they have a lot of potential. They're going to be as good as that offensive line carries them. Yeah, I, I agree. Keep it. They've they've got to learn to sustain drives. Third down is going to be big for them. Keep the score. The defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. So they're going to be in a lot of low scoring, old school Big Ten style games. And Brett Bielema does a That's very his good style job. Of ball. Look at what he, he did at Wisconsin. A, he does a very good job of winning close football games. It's his thing. So. You know, I would say that this offense is is going to be something maybe in a year that we're going to have to definitely deal with. But there, that's going to be a little bit of a growing uh, time for them, especially at the beginning of the season. Defensively, Chris, let's take a look at what we think is going to be one of the better defenses in the Big Ten, starting with 
up front, the best defensive line next to Ohio State, in my opinion, in all the conference, with what I feel is the best defensive lineman in the conference. Now, I don't know if you saw today or not, Chris, but uh, the Big Banter released their top 10, and they had JTT from Ohio State number one. And I love I love that. I'm a Ohio State fan. I, I do too, but he didn't show the consistency that this kid had, you know? Exactly. My point exactly. That is exactly my point, Chris. I don't – I mean, I, yes, I'm a homer. I will admit it. But I've got to be flat out honest with you. This guy is the real deal. And he – I'm not saying JTT can't be a higher draft pick when the season's over, but as of right now – Jerzon Newton is a better draft pick. Oh, he's, arguably, arguably he's the best defensive tackle possibly in the nation, not just in yeah. the conference. Yeah, and so you have him, you have Keith Randolph Jr., and you got Tara Ed, uh, Edwards. Um, Keith Randolph Jr. is another really good one. Uh, this defensive line is just is really good. And then you look at the linebackers. You got Tariq Barnes, a senior, Seth Coleman, a redshirt junior, Dylan Rogier, a redshirt sophomore, and Gabe, uh, I think it's Jacob, sorry, um, a sophomore. This is this is a good defense, this is a good linebacker core led by Tariq Barnes. And to go to go along with those three defensive linemen that are really, really good. Man, those front seven are legit. And then let's take a look at the back end. Now they lose Devin Witherspoon and um, Jartavius Martin and Sidney Brown, who were all drafted in the NFL. Three defensive backs drafted in the NFL. So if there's a weakness on this defense, it's in their defensive backfield trying to replace three NFL talents, okay? But at cornerback, you got uh, Tavian Nicholson, and Tyler Strain, a junior and a sophomore. And then at safety, you bring in a transfer and Nicario Harper, a senior, and Matthew Bailey, a sophomore. So they're young, they're inexperienced. If there's a weakness on this defense, it's in the defensive backfield. But as we know, Chris, a good defensive line can cover up weaknesses and holes in a defensive backfield because literally they're getting so much pressure on the quarterback that all they've got to do is just cover for a couple seconds on special teams. You got a senior kicker in Caleb Griffin and a sophomore punter in Hugh Robertson. The Illini defense is definitely the strength of this team. Absolutely. And you know, Eric, if it's me and it's not something that's been real popular here lately, but if I'm Brett Bielema, given my talent in the front seven, man, I'm playing my my corners bump and run if I can. Hold those guys in as long as you can because that defensive line is going to get to somebody. They're going all, to disrupt the pocket. All depends on how good those safeties, have to your, those safeties are going to be up over the top. If they play a cover two and they play – on the line of scrimmage at the corner and they play a cover two and they've got good linebackers who can cover or play the middle of the field. Well, in the passing game, there's no reason to believe that this three, this uh, three, four, four defense cannot create havoc for offenses. 
I think the defense is definitely the best part of this team. It's solid. They're going to create turnovers. They're opportunistic. Yes. You, we've seen it for the last couple of years with Brett Bielema. Their defenses create turnovers really, really well with the scheme. Um, there's no reason to believe that given the talent that they have up front, that they're not going to do it again and keep games within striking distance for this young offense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Eric, you know, we're going to take a look at their schedule here in a minute. It's not the toughest in the big 10. <laughs> it's manageable. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's this manageable. Is definitely, this is definitely a team that can get to bowl contention. Yeah. Let's take a look at it. Shall we? Yeah. All right. So they begin the season on September 2nd against Toledo at home. Uh, Toledo is expected to win the Mac again this year. So this is not, this is not a gimme. This is actually a, a pretty decent opening game for them. I do not think Illinois is just going to blow Toledo out. This is going to be a close game, in my opinion. I think this is actually a really good litmus test for them. And they've got a very good quarterback who we saw in the shoe last year, Eric, who a lot of people thought was going to actually transfer to a bigger program. Hmm. Uh, you know, very good dual threat quarterback from Toledo. So, yeah, they'll have their hands full. Then they go on the road to last year's darling Kansas. Again, that's not a gimme. That's another program, a lot like Illinois was a year ago, kind of up and coming. Um, and now they've got to go on the road for that one. Then they come home against Penn State. Now, this is the big one from the crossover that they've got to play before they get Florida Atlantic at home, which should be a W. On the road, September 30th, to, to close out the month of September at Purdue. And I think Illinois will probably be favored in that one, but that's going to be interesting given uh, given what we've learned about Purdue and the fact that they're, we have no idea what Purdue is going to be like. Uh, by then, we probably will know, and we'll see if that's going to be a good game. They open up the month of October at home against Nebraska before going on the road at Maryland. Boy, circle that one as a game I can't wait for. I think that is – you yeah. want to talk about a contrast of styles. You've got a great offense and a terrible defense in Maryland versus a terrible – well, we'll see what kind unknown of offense. offense. <laughs> unknown offense versus a great defense in Illinois. Like that game is going to be incredibly interesting. Then they take on Wisconsin at home. Can they nip Wisconsin in their home stadium? That's that's another one. That's that's going to be a big ask. When we preview Wisconsin, this is a this is a a game that I have circled for Wisconsin. As you better watch out. Illinois beat them before with worse teams, mind you. Okay, so that was in fact that was Lovey Smith's biggest win ever. Well, I'll tell you what, Brett Bielema probably just would love the idea of getting a win. Another one, Against yeah. Wisconsin, yeah. Then they go into bye week. They finish the season at Minnesota, home against Indiana, at Iowa, home against Northwestern. Those road games that they have this year in the Big Ten are not easy. No. Iowa, Minnesota, Maryland, Purdue. Um, those are not easy road games. And I think Vegas took that into account when they gave them a six-and-a-half over under now chris i went with six and six and i i have i'm saying avoid avoid betting this team i do yeah, not i agree 
yeah, you're at seven and five, which is just over half a game over what they're saying. So at, at six and a half, Vegas is daring you to take seven. Yeah. And you're saying, I don't know if you should, even though you gave them seven. There I'll because- tell you what, I, I feel pretty good about it. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of chances they could get tripped up there. So, yes, absolutely. So, I went, I went with the safe bet and say they get, they get six wins, they find six wins, they go bowling because there's a lot of games in there that I think are are coin tosses. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you their guarantee, the games I think they have, they win easily, and we'll go from the bottom up. Northwestern, yes, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida Atlantic. Mm-hmm. There's three auto wins. Can you find three more in the other nine games? I think you can. Yeah, I think they go bowling. What do you think? I, I agree. I, I do think that the seven and five is achievable. I, I think that y- you know Kansas. Kansas was like you said last year's darlings, but you know they. Uh, They've lost some guys this year. So I, I think that they can get Kansas. I think they'll beat Toledo, but don't sleep on Toledo. Um, I wouldn't want to bet that game. The first game of the season, I don't know that I'd want to bet that. But It'd uh, be interesting what the over-under will be as you get closer to kickoff on what that game's going to be. You know, you have home field advantage. <sighs> Toledo's, they're scary good for I, a MAC team, yeah. man. I do like them against Nebraska because it's at home. So that would be at the sixth. The seventh game is one where I'd say that they may have to they're, – they're going to have to play a perfect game, but I think they could get a seventh possibly. It's possibly either going to be Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota or Wisconsin. I don't think it'll be Iowa. Not in I Kinnick. Think, I, think, I think it could be Iowa. Not in Kinnick, man. If Iowa's rolling like I think they are going to be this year, that late in the season, the only way Iowa drops that game is if they're looking ahead to Nebraska for some reason. Th- then maybe I could see that. But, uh, yeah. So I, what you're I saying see... is the definition of a trap game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. Hey, uh, speaking of trap games, um, real quick, I know this has nothing to do with Illinois, but the I think the biggest trap game on on the schedule is Notre Dame at Duke the week after they play Ohio State. Yeah. I could see Duke beating them. Yeah. They put all their eggs in that basket against the Buckeyes, then they go on the road and to North Carolina and Duke nips Especially them. if they come off a demoralizing loss to the Buckeyes. Or a ginormous win, either or. So uh, I'm Brandon right. Jensen, uh, lead betting analyst at Big Banter Sports. Glad to be on the show. And then we will go on to Illinois at six and a half, over at minus one twenty, under at plus one hundred. Chase Brown's gone. That's a majority of the offense, and that is going to be hard to replace. A new quarterback for a third straight season. It's. I think last year was a fairy tale, and I. Don't think it gets repeated this year. I see four wins for sure with Toledo, FAU, Indiana, and Northwestern. But can I find three more with Kansas, Penn State, Maryland, Purdue, Nebraska, Minnesota, and Iowa? 
I don't think so. I think six and six is possible, but I don't think seven and five and up is going to happen for him. Your final thoughts for the Illini for 2023. Brett Bielema, hey, if you would have said to me. I believe in what he's doing. I I didn't want to (laughs) be. I don't want to be. I still remember Brett Bielema and and Jim Tressel, man. That was a rivalry, man, back in the 2000s. And I don't I don't want to like the guy, but he's doing good stuff there, man. And yeah. Il- the Big Ten's better when more teams are better. And yeah. Illinois is just better. And and Brett Bielema's got him going in the right direction. They're building something over there that uh, is going to be competitive. And I think one of the teams that will benefit greatly from not being in divisions is going to be Illinois. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, however, they're also going to be challenged a lot more because there's a bigger chance that they're going to see Ohio State. Say, where, where right now they see Penn State next season. There could come a year where they see Ohio State and Michigan or Ohio State and Penn State or Michigan and Penn State in the same season, which yeah. obviously is going to be. And then throw maybe a USC in there. A USC like, in there, you yeah. Know, three, three really, really difficult games. But um, but you know I, what? I, I don't know that you bet against Brett Bielema in some of these, you know? he's A lot. I will say this. If in the games where they were not favored to win, it was a guaranteed take the under. Yeah. When Illinois was not favored to win, and you took the under in that game, you made money last year. Well, yeah, and because he's going to turn into a dogfight. Exactly. He's going to make it a, a mosh pit. He makes the game a mosh pit. The prettiness is taken out of it. Uh, the circus Olay offenses don't work. You've got you've got to win in a mosh pit. you got to win a dogfight against him and his defenses. And so um, – that's why you take the under a lot of times when, when uh, if if Illinois is not favored to win that football game. Uh, any last, any other last thoughts? No, I'm with you. I just think he's doing great things over there. Uh, you know, we we all remember crying birdie and uh, the comments he made about Ohio State and recruiting and this and that and the other. But you know what? I love him. I love him in the Big Ten. I don't think he was a good fit in the SEC. I think he that Illinois has got a great coach for a lot of years coming. He may not get him to a championship in the Big Ten because that's, that's an awful big ask. But you know what? He's going to make him relevant in the Big Ten and relevant in the nation. And I, I think he's going to be great for their program. Like, share, subscribe really does truly help out the channel. Hit that thumbs up. That helps the algorithm, reaches it out to more people. Uh, much like yourself who've watched and enjoyed this video. And make sure you check out our other great previews. We've done Indiana, Michigan State, Iowa, Purdue. Purdue, now Illinois. And next up on deck is going to be the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. That'll be coming your way in just a few days. Take care, everybody. Go Bucks.